When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mickey Gannon and also Dean Watling on a good morning, Monday morning. G'day, Mickey. How was your weekend? Weekend's good, man. I'm sitting down here in Canberra, the nation's capital. Where else would you rather be on a weekend full of grand finals and great racing? I tell you what, two of the best grand finals that you'll ever see in the NRL and the AFL. The AFL was a beauty and then the NRL. You had to see it to believe it. It's incredible. <laughs> Oh, speaking to our poor mate Dino, who's a, a mad Broncos fan, and there's just no way they lose from that position. You you replay that match a thousand times over, and they win 999 of them. Dino, mate, how do you feel? Yeah, it's it's one of the harder Mondays to get up for, but I'm just glad they were good games. Like Gareth mentioned, good racing across the weekend, good grand finals. That's all you can ask for as a fan. I think the officiating was the best thing for NRL. Three penalties Phenomenal. the whole game. Phenomenal. It was just... Two good teams going at it. So tough to get up on a Monday, but what are they? What's what's the cliche saying? You've got to lose one to win one. So hopefully we can um, galvanise and come back next year. Okay, I think we're on air, so we'll just keep on keeping on. And Mickey Gannon, let's have a chat about this Premier Stakes because this was basically the last lead up for most of these horses, or for all these horses, uh, if they want to get into an Everest. And if they can't get into an Everest, they'll head towards a Sydney Stakes. But... Think about it was too strong to keep his winning um, sequence going. And he is a good horse, uh, this son of So You Think. So that's 11 starts down for 10 wins. He defeated Hawaii 5-0. And Bella Nipotina was back in third. Alcohol Free was fourth. Did she do enough to get a slot for Yearlong? Of course, think about it. He's still the favorite now with Bet365 for the Everest. And then Hawaii 5-0 is looking for a slot. And um, what did you make of this year's Premier Stakes? Yeah, look, I think obviously in your first question there with how did, you know, did Alcohol Free do enough work? I'd say yes, simply because we saw the progression that Hawaii 5.0 made first up to second up. Of course, went enormous. I'm still hurting. If Dean's hurting about the Broncos, I'm hurting about Hawaii 5.0. Um, should have won, slowly run race, back to the outside, had to make up ground, incredible stuff, ran great splits. Think about it, was good. But as you'd expect, like I probably might, might have would have wanted to see a little bit more from it uh, going forward. Not much between the two of them now with a two-week turnaround, Dino. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating event. You sort of look at the race on face value. You think, well, figure them out. It's got the, the run and the race. So he should have won. But I think if you put into context, Joe Pry gives us a really good barometer on his horses. I think Private Eye, he was really bullish that that horse was going to win first up. Whereas think about it, I think, he was a little bit more reserved, suggesting it needed the run. In the coat, in the yard, it definitely looked like he needed the run. So, and interesting to hear uh, Sam Clifford in post-race, he said that gap on the fence opened up probably 100 metres earlier than he wanted, but he couldn't bite his time because he didn't want to get strung up. So he sort of hit the front a long way out, but he's a winner. I think he will be a horse that comes on for him. I think you're right, Hawaii 5 especially the pattern of the day, the track mm-hmm. the ran was really fast and favoured those back towards the inside up on speed. So his run's enormous. And I think alcohol free, I love the late work. The last 50 meters, this horse has obviously had one start in about 12 months. So if you talk about progression out of all of them there, you'd suggest Scano alcohol free's probably got the most.
I don't know about alcohol free. Um, I'll go to you here, Mickey Gaddon. Do you think she's a, in this country anyway, a better 1400 meter, 1600 meter horse than a, than a six furlong, um, sprinter against our top class sprinters? Yeah, I, th- I think fourteen hundred meters is probably a sweet spot, but a, a strong ran week um, twelve hundred meters. Hopefully, a few more horses come in and inject some inject some speed. I think it should be far better suited a twelve hundred meter Everest than a twelve hundred meter Premier Stakes G. So, yeah, her sweet spot's probably fourteen hundred, um, but I think she'll get that to run to suit come uh, Everest Day. So, at the moment, we've basically nearly got the Everest field, but you've got a, a horse like. A Shinzo Dino that needs to trial nicely for Chris Waller to confirm his slot for the Everest for um, Coolmore. But, geez, it's hard to think that after what he did there first up, um, and I know that he'll have a trial today, but he did pull up, what, two out of five lame, that they would push on towards an Everest with him. Yeah, you make a really good point. Um, and obviously, he's worth an absolute stack at stud now. Obviously, a gold or super winner. So, you, you doubt they want to damage it. So, I'm guessing if they're going to go there, he's going to be tip-top ready to go. I think the forgotten horse is this, is Bella Nipatina. She ran third there on the weekend. I think she's a horse who can lap up a fast tempo as well. And she's been running great. So, there's a couple of other options, I guess. But, yeah, I think Shinzo. And we don't know what's uh, going to happen with Marzu as well. Obviously, he was a late scratching on Vets Advice there on the weekend. He's got the slot for Inglis, I'm pretty sure. So, waiting to figure out. There could be two to three slots still to come, Gareth. So, he'll trial today, I think, Marzu as well. So, they're trying to sort out their slots and confirm their horses to make sure that they're ready to go for the Everest in a few weeks' time. Think about it, 350 is the market leader in front of I Wish I Win. And from all reports, Peter Moody said that this gallop has never really galloped better than he did on Saturday morning. So he's at four fifty. Private Eye at six dollars has had some good backing. Buddhist notches at nine. In secret trials today as well at eleven dollars. Or trials tomorrow. Cylinders at eleven dollars. So those are the two Cadolphin runners. Hawaii five oh yet to have a slot at eleven. Overpasses in the race. Shinzo will trial tomorrow. Osmosis still hasn't got a slot at seventeen dollars. Espiona at seventeen. Bella Nipatina at 20 to 1, Marzu at 26, alcohol free at $26. And then we get down to horses like Asfura at $26. So um, Asfura is definitely coming down, Dino, after, or she's coming to Sydney to, to race on Everest Day, whether it's in the Everest or the Sydney Stakes. Now, they've had a couple of nibbles and they've asked about her availab- uh, availability for an Everest. Um do you think she could be competitive in a race like that after watching her finish second to Imperit Trees in the Moyer on Saturday? Or do you think she's a, a dead set 1,000 to 1,100 metre Group 1 horse? Well, I think the latter. I think she's a dead set 1,000 to 1,100 metre Group 1 horse. And massive um, props to Henry Dwyer. He's got her absolutely humming. She sort of was lost in the, the wash up there on Friday night just because of the performance on Imperit Trees. But she's got enormous. You get rid of Imperit Trees, she's lapped that field up in track record time probably herself, but I guess the, the argument you could make, Gano and Gareth, is is this going to be a proper 1,200-metre t- test? And looking on paper, there's a lot of horses off speed. So if we could get her in there, she can inject some speed, control it on her own terms outside, say, an overpass. I think she could definitely be a chance. But I think the stable's probably the best to get a guide on. Is she going better than ever? I think so. And does that mean she can maybe stretch the legs of 1,200 metres? Um, and listening to Henry post-race, he was sort of really keen He's like uh, to go to the to the Everest. He liked the idea. He said, we've had a couple of phone calls. So you never know. I'd love to see the horse in the race, Gano, because I think it would check that speed that we need um, to make it a, a proper contest. 
Yeah, I thought they were probably waiting osmosis. If there's any any updates there on osmosis, G, I can't imagine they'd be too far away there. And another horse that I thought very surprised I haven't heard anything about is Charmstone. Yeah, I think they they both had interest. It's just a a wait and see at the moment. Um, I think that you think- were waiting on on what alcohol free would do there on Saturday. I still think that year long, if alcohol free didn't go up to expectations or they might have a, a, a think today, Sam Fairgray and the team and think, well, we think that she might be a better horse um, over 1400 meters. Now they tell me Aquas has taken a Y50. So there you go. So um, yep. the Y50 has definitely got a slot. Um, so yeah. So I think, Charmstone um, is off to the paddock, just looking on Riser now, spelling. Oh. So I think she pulled Gee, up a little bit. That's disappointing. I, I thought bit. she could have been very, very competitive there. Yeah, I thought she was heading towards the Coolmore, but there you go. She, I'll, I'll check with Michael Kent Jr. So, um, yeah, Overpass and Osmosis, everyone thought they would be the two runners for Derby. Of course, Overpass has got a slot with the ATC. But Osmosis is a horse that they desperately want to get into, but they've got to work out which slot holder goes that way. It might be Chris Waller. If, yep. say, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. One of, he's one of the three-year-old, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, at the moment, the way that, from what we've seen so far, G, outside of Imperatries, I wish I win, you know, the horses, Buenos Notros, these are horses I'm very keen on, but on pace horses, this race is open, really, really open, and just makes Osmosis a really good bet at the moment. So you've got... Like Hawaii 5.0 could be a horse that Nash said after the race that um, he missed the kick. He wanted to be forward. So he could go forward in a race like this, you would imagine. I wish I win needs, like I think he's vulnerable. I wish I win this time around. And that's why Moody hasn't started him because he does need to keep him really, really sharp here. Um, and I think he was a horse that appreciated an Eduardo and a, a nature's trip in a contest. So he doesn't get that this year. Then you've got, think about it, obviously he's got that slot with Newgate and GPI Racing. Chris Waller is yet to make his move over past the ATC. Coolmore have got Shinzo. Aquas Farm now have got a Y50. Cylinder for James Harron. Max Whitby and Neil Warrick, Private Eye. Butches Notches for the tab. Marzu for the star and Arrowfield. And then Yulong Investment. So basically the field's nearly done and dusted. And it's hard to believe, Mickey, after watching Imperatries. I was there at Mooney Valley on Friday night. She's the best sprinter in the land or in Australasia. Um, Easily. Um, and it's hard <laughs> Easily, to believe yeah. that yep. she's not in an Everest. Yeah. Yeah. It just blows me mind. It blows me away how she got beaten last preparation as well. I think it's lobbed at Ramick and got run over by, yeah. was it Artorius? Yeah. Yep. It was enough to make you sick that day as well. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> here we are. Look, there's still a chance. There's a lot to play out here. Marzu, you've got to have big, big question marks over it now. Like massive queries now. Dino, like how good was she there on Friday night in Paratrice? Yeah, uh, there's, we, we speak about it and you probably lo- use terms loosely, but like you mentioned, Gareth, she is dead set the best sprinter in the land. Uh, I think there has to go a massive uh, props to the training setup there. I was heavily against the thousand metres to a thousand metres. Often horses second up, they sort of need ground and her form, she, she has form over thirteen to 1,400 metres. So I thought that was an even bigger jink, but they've done a wonderful job. They completely freshened it up and Opie Bossom said... She was so fresh, she nearly bucked him on the way to the gate. So um, for her to do that, track record time uh, around the valley where it was a bit of a tricky night to make good ground. So I think she's just done it all on her own. Um, she does it effortlessly and her action, a stride, everything like that just screams elite. So 
to back up what she did first up and to re-break her, her um, track record is a, a phenomenal feat. Who was the last horse to go back-to-back track record? Same setup. That's an, it's enormous. Yeah. yeah. And the track was on fire. Fura broke the track record as well. So, And, of course, Amelia's Jewel, which we'll have a chat about in just a moment, she broke the track record. So the track was on fire, but she still has to do it. And exactly. I, and this time around, her, her run in the McEwen was very good. But her run there on Saturday, when you had it, when you've got a horse like Asfura that was primed for this contest, and you have to feel for the connections there because mm. um, any other year they they win that Group One and they win it pretty easily. And she's, and that was her grand final in a way because it was the only real thousand meter Group One race that she could compete in this spring. Um, so you do have to feel for the connections. So I, I thought she was very good. Uncommon James is looking for twelve hundred meters now. Um, that was a pass mark. I don't know what you thought there, Mickey and Dino. And Rothfire, unfortunately, he pulled up a little sore. So I think he heads to the paddock, Rothfire. So we won't see him this spring. Yeah, Uncommon James was all right. Pass mark, as you suggested, G. I'm not sure where they go from here. Probably just a uh, level below the Everest. Um, but you just never know that race might fall away and it might land there, Dino. Yeah, he was wide early as well. He had to do a little bit of work. So I thought Uncommon James was really good late to do what he did from his position. So he is a lovely horse to follow in the sense that they're probably going to target that lesser grade. I think if he's up in sort of, you think about it's a pair of trees, I wish I win grade, he's probably a length off him. But he's a lovely betting prospect second up, I'd suggest back in sort of that Sydney Stakes potential grade, Gareth. I'm not sure if you've heard if he's going to go back to Sydney or stay down there in Melbourne. Uncommon James, I think he might stay in Melbourne. There's a few options there for him in Melbourne. There's a Sydney Stakes there in Sydney, of course, but um, at the moment he's $9 for the Manicato Stakes and Peritree's $1.72. Ben and Dad at 13 Bella Nipotina 13 So, geez, um, Imperatrice going to the 1,200 metres. Um, she's nice and short with the all-in markets there with uh, Bet365, but... She's going to be difficult to beat wherever she goes. And there's no bonus. People saying, well, she's not going, Gareth, to the to the Everest because she can win a bonus. There was a million-dollar bonus, I think, last year if you went on to win a Moya Manicato and then a, a Dali Sprint. But there's no bonus this year. Um, she's still going to win a lot of prize money. But it's 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 tough to it's tough to see the, the, the best sprinter in Australasia. Well, it's hard to work out, really, that she hasn't got a slot in the $20 million race. Hey, let's take our first break. 90 minutes past eight. Um, we missed the kick by two or three lengths, but we're back and we're ready to go. So 0419-736-736, to send us a text. We'll come back and we'll have a chat about some of the other big performances over the weekend, including that performance by Amelia's Jewel on Friday night. We'll ask these boys, I know they're handicappers, what weight would you give Amelia's Jewel? In a Turak handicap. Don't go anywhere. This is the Monday breakdown here on Giddy Up this Monday morning. Welcome back to Giddy Up on this Monday morning, Gareth Hall with you. This is the Monday breakdown. Amelia's Jewel was dominant there in a track record time in the stock stakes on Friday night at Mooney Valley News yesterday. And this was no real surprise, but Peter Walsh, the owner, and Simon Mill, along with Damien Lane, came to the decision that their next target will be the Group 1 Turek Handicap. But they want to see what weight she'll get. Now, with Bet365, she's the $2.25 favourite. And Tino, that did what he had to do there yesterday in the Sandown Stakes, is at $5. 
Amendable at 13, Attrition at 13, Golden Mile at 13, Reinberg at 17, Pericles at 17. Here the Shock at 17. And then Tuvalu, Fangirl, Pounding, Globe, Gentleman, Roy. Looking at that all-in market, she's the only Group 1 winner along with Tuvalu at $17. And whether he'll go down that path or not. Um, Golden Mile is at $13. He's a Group 1 winner and he carried... Um, 54 kilos, I think, in a Epsom there on Saturday in a in that handicap race. So it'll be fascinating to see, boys, as I go to you, Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling, what weight she'll get in a Turak. I'll start with you, Mick. Oh, gee, I mean, you've given me That's eight a... minutes to work it out. Now. No, I don't think I don't. Well, I'm I'll, I'll have a chat to Racing Victoria. I've been on the phone this morning with the handicappers. It's you sort of don't know until. You, you see the nominations. Yeah, um, I'd have no idea. I'd be, I'd be, I'd have to stay in my lane here and, and just declare my hand. I've got no idea, G. Yeah. But I'll tell you, wherever she goes, she's going to be very, very competitive, no matter what she's, uh, what she's doing. So, what's the plan? Two rack into Cox Plate. Is that so sort of seen the plan now, G? There's a couple of options for her. So there's the two rack into the Golden Eagle. There's the two rack into the Cox Plate. Or if she does get too much weight in a two rack. And I think she'll still win with the mayor's allowance, even if she gets 58, yeah. she drops back to 56. So I think she'll still win with that weight anyway. But if they don't think that that's fair or not, she will head to the King Charles and then to the, the Golden Eagle. Now, my thinking is if they're, going to, if they're going to go to the Golden Eagle, why wouldn't you just go to the King Charles? But Simon Spot Miller on. is of the opinion that he has one grand final in mind and he doesn't want to have two grand finals with her, if you know what I mean. So whatever his grand final is, he wants to take the best lead up option for that horse. And I think at the moment he's thinking, well, if I, if I'm going to go to Sydney, I don't want to risk on uh, upsetting her. She, she's loving Flemington where she's based at Nick Ryan stables. So I can go to the Turak. That can be a lovely lead up race. And then I'll go to the, I can drop back to the 1500 and head to Rose Hill for the, for the golden Eagle, or I can push on towards the Cox plate. Um, why would you? Why would you have your two runs around the valley to not go to the Cox Plate? It seemed it's seemingly odd preparation if if the Cox Plate wasn't the end target to have two runs around that that track with just the way it plays and the the risks yeah. associated with it. So surely the Cox Plate is the end goal. End well, goal well, surely. When I was talking to them, like I'm, I'm, you can't have an opinion on what they're doing because I think they change nearly every day their minds. So God bless them, but. Damien Lane will play a major part on where they go as well. So I was thinking that they would go to the Turak and then towards the Cox Plate. Are they just foxing, G? They just want a better weight in the Turak and they're just foxing, saying that they're going to go to Sydney and then they get weighted a little bit better, go Turak into Cox Plate, and yeah. that's been the plan all along. I that's uh, I'll be joining the dots there, well, mate. Do you think she'll get 2,000 metres? I think they're going, to, they're going to watch Romantic Warrior and see what he does in a Turnbull Stakes. Um and they're just a little concerned about the depth of the Cox Plate. These international horses that are about to arrive will have arrived over the weekend as well. So they're weighing up all those options, analysing the data and trying to work out which is the best way to go. But watching her on the weekend, I think she'll get 2,000 metres. I don't know about you boys. What do you think, Mick? Oh, absolutely. No doubt at all. I know Dino's got a strong opinion. Dino? Yeah, well, they broke the track record, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I think the, the biggest string to her bow on the weekend, what she showed was her tactical versatility. She sat outside the leader and 
uh, one without even getting shown the whip. I think the biggest thing is, and what we underrated visually, and I probably did myself straight after the race, was uh, the amount of pressure she had to absorb early. They've gone out around 7.7 lengths faster than the average for the 600 metres, and she sat outside of the leader. So I think there's massive merit in that. And that's 1,600 metres, and she's broke the track record there. I know they're running time, like you mentioned, Gareth, but if there's ever an acid test uh, to get a strong 2,000 metres around the valley, I think she ticked all boxes there on the weekend. And pride of Jenny in the race, uh, I think you speak of it, there's a lot of good bridesmaids on the weekend. Asafora, uh, Spirit Ridge, and pride of Jenny was another one. I think she's gone enormous as well, but I'd love to see her go around the 2,000 metres in the Cox yeah. Plate. I, think, I feel like it's it's fallen away a little bit maybe this year. I know Romantic Warrior is there, but just with the, the way that horse has travelled and the issues around its feed and the scans, etc., I think the race is there for the taking if Amelia Jewel wants it. So looking at that Turak market, she's the short price favourite now. She goes down that path, and depending on weight, what weight she'll get. Um, so she's 225 and Tino at $5, Amendable 13, Attrition at 13, and Golden Mile at $13. What'd you make of Antino there, Dino, and the Sydney Stake or the Sandown Stakes? I thought he just, he did what he needed to do. It took him a while to get over the second horse. Um, but the second horse here, the shock's been going pretty well for Lindsay Park. Um, but as Tony Golan pointed out after the race, that he gets better as he gets into his preparation and he'll be a lot better in 13 days' time. Now, whether he could have that improvement in him to see him competitive against Amelia's jewel, time will tell, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, I love the last 50 metres. I think it was neck and neck and really good credit to hear, uh, hear the shock to the, the second horse. It's going out enormous. Ratings-wise, his first run at Caulfield was superb leading to that. Paul's the only danger. But I think the last 50 metres on Tino suggested it wants ground now, which it will get next start. Um, obviously rising up. Uh, another 100 metres. So good ride, perfect setup, and got the job done. But like I mentioned, like you mentioned, Gareth, I think the horse maybe has a couple of gears to give and fired up its sleeve uh, leading to its next start. Yeah, Brightside 260, Light Infantry $6, Fangirl $6, Princess Grace $8, Think It Over $9 in the King Charles there. That's the all in market for that contest. And just having a look at the Cox Plate market as well, you've got Romantic Warrior 360, Amelia's Jewel 450, Brightside 550, then the three-year-old Militarised at 11, and Victoria Road that's been purchased by Aussie Kerr and John O'Neill's um, will be trained by Adam O'Brien. I think Ryan Moore will take the ride. It's at $12 now. Then Light Infantry at 15. Alligator Blood goes to the Underwood, not, uh, not the Underwood Stakes, goes to the Might and Power, and then to the Cox Plate. He's at $15 without a fight. They'll make a decision on where he goes after the Turnbull stakes. He's at $17 for a Cox Plate and it's departing at 17 So, Mick, it's a difficult race to work out the Cox Plate because there's so many unknowns now. Yeah, basically you just chop up the confetti and throw it in the air and see where everything lands. It's very difficult. Romantic Warrior will go around on, uh, in, the, in the Turnbull. Uh, there's a fair bit of rain about, so it might be what you call an inconclusive run and uh, on Saturday because I think they're predicting something like 80 mils for Flemington. Obviously, it handles the rain quite well. Be interesting to see what happens with it. Um, J-Mag did jump off and suggest the horse is absolutely flying. So uh, I think Romantic Warrior, all things being equal, probably wins the race, G. But I'm looking for a three-year. I don't think Militarize is, is going to uh, turn up. I think it's going to be great. And I think in the meantime, there might be a couple of other three-year-olds put their hand up. Kovalika was, uh, wasn't too bad as well. And keep hearing pushes from Chris um, the Chris Wallace table. That horse might lob in the Cox plate as well, Dino. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I probably used the wrong terms before when I said the race has dropped away. The clock's played more so, meaning it's it's wide open in the sense of there's so many horses coming together that we're unsure. We might even see just fine on the weekend. So they haven't nominated for this race, Gareth, but they might pay up the, the late fee and do the gold trip, the, the Caulfield Cup, back to the Cox Plate. I'd love to see just fine in a Cox Plate. I think that 2,000 metres around the valley for an on-pace horse like him would be suited. And I'm wondering maybe the Amelia's Jewels conversation's changed now for the um, Golden Eagle with Giga Kick coming out of that race as well. I think there's a lot more to, to play out um, leading into it. But on paper, I love when all these forms lines come together in, in these big races. I just think it makes it such a better race, Gary. Yeah, we'll take yeah, just quickly, what about a tropical squall, like a Samantha Miss sort of preparation, Cox played into a uh, into an Oaks? I think she's definitely heading to Melbourne and she'll probably go to a Wakeful into, a, into an Oaks tropical squall. But she was so brave there the other day. Um, in Sydney, we'll have a chat about her performance in just a moment because we'll have a look at the Epson, the Metrop, and also that flight stake straight after the news. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Gareth Hall with you on this Monday morning and Giddy Up brought to you, of course, by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. .org.au. Redina was too strong in the Epsom. Kathy O'Hara, she deserved that group one. And this horse took out that group three at Newcastle before going on to win the famous handicap there at Randwick on Saturday. Kovalika was massive in defeat. And it should have nearly won Kovalika for his second. Golden Mile looked like he was going to win. Um, he just got tired at the end of 1600 after working from that wide gate. Then Barbie's Fox... Democracy Manifest, didn't have much luck, hope in your heart. Um, and then my Obron and the inevitable. Dino, what would you make of this year's Epsom? And uh, Chris Waller, well, he knows how to win this race. He does. He had a good, strong uh, hand there in the race. And obviously, Redina um, probably had the, the run of the race and everything go perfect for that horse. And that was probably why it won. Kovalanka, I think he should have won. It was a masterful ride from where Joe got through from the fence uh, to the middle to the down the outside. But just the way the track played, it was so hard to make good ground. But I think Kovalanka is absolutely flying. It should have won. If you backed it, you'd be still probably sick today. And Blake Shin, terrific ride at Golden Mile. He pushed the button from the gate 21, went to the front, uh, controlled the speed on his terms and gave that horse every possible chance. You saw democracy manifest just as he moved into the race. He ran into backsides. And the other really hard luck story is the inevitable. He's run the second fastest last six, last two and last four, the entire meeting from an impossible spot from gate eight. He should not have been back last where he was. And I think he goes close to winning the race if he lands Scano where we probably thought he would have done in the run. Yeah, the inevitable didn't even get out past the post. He still yeah. hasn't got out. So for <sighs> 1,650 metres, he still hasn't got out and it was just heartbreaking for everyone concerned there because he's been beaten 2.63 and he got shuffled back in the run. It was just a disaster. He's clearly the horse to follow out of the race. Where do you think they'll go with him? Do they go to the King Charles or do they head back and maybe go to a Turak? What would you do with him? I guess wherever Amelia's, if Amelia's jewel misses the, um, if, if she misses the Turak and heads to Sydney, then he would be hard to beat in a Turak handicap. Just be if Amelia's jewel didn't go to the two rack, he'd win the two rack yeah. hands down. But you just got to get that confirmation. Um, King Charles, I think, is a great option, and I think the uh, the uh, champions on the last day of the carnival is also a fantastic option for it. G. Yeah. Is there another Around option it. for him? However, something like a little easier that maybe 
Would he you, doesn't need easier. He should have won that race. Yeah, but he, can he win a King Charles against some of the superstars like in a market right now? Can he beat Brightside, Wait for Age, and Light Infantry and Fangirl, Princess Grace? Is Potentially. I'll like- just put it this way. If, if he had have sat two pairs further forward, didn't get interference, and ran through the line and won that by two and a half lengths, everyone would be saying, wow, he's, in, he's right there. So, yeah, he can be, he can be very competitive, G. What price would you take for him in, in, in a King Charles? Um, I think he'd probably plus. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think he'd be a massive chance. I think the biggest thing to him is to keeping you to these big tracks. And I think that's why the, the champion's mile at the end of the carnival, Flemington, and then keeping it Ramwick for the, the King Charles is perfect. That's set up of a big, straight, high-pressure race. Um, I don't think he can beat probably a bright side at the moment, but I think he can run top four in that race. And the prize money that trickles through, but... You make a good point, Garris. Is there a 1,600-metre race that's probably a length down from the top end that he can knock off? Um, the team have probably got to sit down today and figure out if they can. But even if he was to go to a two-rack, uh, I think he'd be really competitive behind Amelia's jaw. I definitely think he'd give her a race. Is it, there's a track, there's a crystal mile that he could compete in, I guess, during the, the Cox Plate Carnival. So there's a few options for the little champ from Tassie, but he deserves to win a big group one. Out of that race, I think Kovalika will head to a Cox Plate Golden Mile, um, hope in your heart. Are we following any horses out of the Epsom this year? No, I think the Inevitable and Kovalika are the two, yep. G. I think the rest of them had uh, their fair chance. Hope in your heart was okay, but yeah, they're the two. All right, then let's take a break. We'll come back and have a look at the Metrop. And Just Fine has been the fine of the, the spring so far, and she, he was excellent to, to get the job done in the Metrop. So we'll have a chat about that race straight after this. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. The Waterville in a flat spot. Military mission wide out. The favourites out now. Spirit Ridge in front. And here's Just Fine going to it quickly. And Just Fine moves up on the outside of Spirit Ridge. And they're well clear from the rest. Just Fine and Spirit Ridge inside the 200 metres. And a real good stash here. Spirit Ridge showing plenty of fight. Rachel King driving hard on Just Fine. Just fine, one under Rachel King. She gave that that horse a peach there in the Metrop, landing in a, a wonderful spot from the draw and with 50 kilos on his back. He never really looked like getting beat, but you did have to think maybe in the last 50 Spirit Ridge could kick back and he was brave Spirit Ridge. But Dino, just fine, is unbeaten in this country. He only had to carry 50 to win a Metrop. So what's his level now? Do you think he could be competitive in a Caulfield Cup or maybe a Cox Plate now and when he f- takes on some of those um, better gallopers under weight for age conditions in a Cox Plate or um, would you pay up a late nomination fee for a race like a Caulfield Cup? 100%. It's a great question to ask. I think he's an out-and-out um, elite 2,000-metre um, horse, Group 1 horse for sure. I think he gets to 2,400 metres strong enough now. I think that was the question mark going into the weekend. But the ride that Rachel King gave the horse was outstanding. They broke the track record in this. They've gone out really, really hard, around 20 lengths faster than the average to 600 metres. So taking that sit in beyond the speed of Spirit Ridge was the key to him winning and sustaining that gallop. And he's got this amazing ability to sort of, sort of absorb pressure and then show a kick and I guess if you're on Spirit Ridge, another runner-up that's gone absolutely enormous that 
you'd be a little bit sick and a little bit upset if, if you backed it or in the connections because it's gone enormous. 4.5 lengths back to third, so they've gapped the rest. But I think the spring or any race is the oyster for just fine. I'd love to see them pay up a late fee for both the Caulfield Cup and the Cox Plate and do that double. I don't think going to 3,200-metre race, um, the Melbourne Cup, would be the go. But the other thing we've got to play into account too, Gano, is I guess he carried 50 kilos there. He's not going to carry 50 kilos in the next couple of runs. Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? I'm, to be completely brutally honest here, G, I'm happy to just depend the entire race. You know, yeah. just fine, got the job done, but it's, it's beaten a horse that I expected at the 100 metres that it would have put a couple of lengths on and it was weighted uh, very well against uh, Spirit Ridge. So happy to leave the race, but yeah, I think the way the track played probably suited both of them as well, Dino. Yeah, it did. I think the, the fencing run, I think six out of the 10 winners come from the fencing run, the way it sort of played. And that brutal tempo, it just meant that the horses back in the field, either the front two had to lay down, um, but they've kicked. So if you're coming from off the speed with a brutal tempo, you've had to sustain a gallop throughout and then find two, three more gears and, and loop the winners. You just can't do that. So you make a good point. The horses beat behind Garth probably uh, of the B grade, but I think the winner just finds A grade. All right, then we'll take a break. We'll come back and have a look at the three-year-olds over the weekend, plus some of the other impressive winners in Benchmark Company there on Saturday, both in Sydney and Melbourne. This is the Monday Breakdown, Gareth, all with you on this Monday morning along with Dean Watling and Mickey Gannon. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. On a bit coming around the turn. Kamachi fourth on the rails and two lengths to unique ambition. Tropical Squall up the rise, extends the lead to two and a half now. Untis Invincible flat to the boards. Kamachi's racing through, trying to get into second. Tuta Levita and Captain Amelia running on on the outside. Tropical Squall's got a great kick though. Kamachi goes to second, giving chase. Tropical Squall two in front, a length in front. Tropical Squall clings on. It was a big effort by Tropical Squall. She was out the gate there with the market. Her SP was $9. Kamachi second runs another second. Tuna La Vida back in third. Molly Nickers was a run and a half. She was fourth. And then Tiz Invincible had no luck from that gate and finished to midfield. Dino, what would you make of that performance? Tropical Squall, I thought she was in trouble because they weren't leading all day until... She was able to do that, and she was strong to the line. And Mickey Gannon can take a bow because she's going to be awfully hard to beat now in a VRC Oaks. Yes, props to Gannon. He was tipping it up. And um, obviously, it was interesting to hear, hear the post-race comments from um, Adam Hieronymus in the last out of the T-Rose. Yeah. He couldn't have been more bullish post-race that she was going to lap it up and um, really charge over the 1,600 metres. and. She turned up, she did that. She ran him off her feet completely. They've gone out hard again for the 600 metre mark, around six lengths faster than the average. So pretty much these horses broke their hearts and then kept kicking at the end. I think the, the way the track sort of dried out in those inside lanes aided the chances and helped Tropical Squall, but um, she was too good for him. Tis Invincible, just a victim of circumstances. On paper, there's no real speed, but then as they jumped, everyone wanted to push forward. And Zach did the right thing. He had to push forward. He had to be positive. He couldn't have went back to last. And you can just put a pen through her. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head with Molly Nickers, Gano. Oh, Gareth, sorry. She was outstanding from the back. She's one to follow and she'll get further. But to you, Gano, Tropical Squall, too good. In I think Gay and Adrian's or Gay's eight, maybe flight stakes. Yeah, gee, they're going good. It was interesting here. There was just a point in that race. I think they've gone about 400 metres where 
um, Hippo sort of put the brakes on just a fraction and it just sort of left his invincible wide and that was it. That was that was what, you know, ended its chances there. And then obviously no knock on Zaki. He had to roll forward from there and it's just a victim of circumstances. But yeah, Tropical Squall moving forward, uh, clearly the one to be with. It might have looked a little bit, you know, soft late, but did a lot of work and led them up. And I don't think you'd be seeing that kind of speed as you go out in, in distance, G. So very happy to be re- with him. And yeah, you're right. Molly Nickers was pretty good as well. Yeah. She's what price? She's what? $6 now for the VRC Oak. So yeah, she's $6. Gonna, yeah. yeah. She's going to be awfully hard to beat there. What'd you make of the Dulcify? Gone bar was too strong. Geez, Waterhouse and Bot had a big day. He'll probably push towards a Derby. Pushy was second and Tom Kitten third. Um, what did you make of that race? Cafe Millennium was the disappointment of that race, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just intriguing to see, you know, this stable, they're, they're going that well. They can get one to go from a yeah. Hawkesbury, Hawkesbury to, um, to Randwick winning big races. And yeah, I, I, I found it really hard to digest the race. And at this, at this point in time, I've got a big asterisk next to it. Cause I'm still a bit confused by it, Dino. Yeah, very similar to you. I think it's a really similar setup to the flight stakes where uh, the winner, Gambera, he's probably broken their hearts enough that it, it's left too much work for sort of Tom Kitten to get into the race. I would love to let see Nash land with Tom Kitten, probably where Pushy was in the run. He probably wins the race, but purely I think they've just gone too hard early here for Tom Kitten um, to be able to pick up those lengths. I think if it was a, a little bit slowly uh, run or more slowly run to the 600 metre marks, I think... He's probably got less work to do and probably wins the race. But Pushy's going great. He's a horse who's come through the back door and he'll go to a spring champions. Yeah. Tom Kitten's maybe a question mark gunner after that. If he gets a strong yeah. sort of 2,000 metres, they did go hard here. So I think possibly just stays at 600 metres now, Gunner. I'll come back to you, Mickey. We'll, we'll get your opinion on Tom Kitten straight after 9 o'clock. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Great to be with you on this Monday morning. Great time to be alive. We've got um, some terrific racing coming up. The Turnbull Stakes there on Saturday. Can't wait for that. Some great racing in Sydney as well. And then the Carnival. Basically, once the footy finals finish... It's racing's turn to take centre stage. We're just having a chat about the three-year-olds and some of the feature events there from the weekend. And now Tom Kitten going forward. He's still the $4 favourite for the spring champion stakes. Militarised four fifty, King Colorado 6, Pushy at 6. Gombar at $9. Cafe Millennium at $15. Mickey, um, you were just talking to Dean Watling about the chances of Tom Kitten in a spring champion stakes. He's short enough now. I think he's that short in the market because a horse like a militarized will probably go to a Cox Plate after a Caulfield Guineas. Yeah, I actually think Tom Kitten is is a good bet over two thousand meters. G, yeah. contrary to what Dino thought, I think if you go back and look at that race, it's like they're in like a um, single file there, one, two, three, first, second, third, and fourth, and they basically finished close to that order. Um, I think Port Lockroy was there or thereabouts, but Tom Kitten was my lay of the day and I put my hand up. Yes, I got the result, but I got it completely wrong because the horse should have won the race yeah. um, and I'm happy to follow it moving forward, G. 
All right, then. Um, Griff, geez, he was impressive at Mooney Valley on Friday night. I don't know if he can win a cool few guineas, but he'll head that way. Um, and he was probably the star three-year-old there from the Valleys at $13 for a Caulfield Guineas, Militarized two seventy five, to Party three seventy five, King Colorado nine, and Shalight at eleven, and then Griff um, thirteen, Centervise seventeen, Tom Kitten probably doesn't head to the Caulfield Guineas now. He's at twenty to one. Southport Tycoon at twenty one dollars, and the horse that finished second to Griff the other day, Verd Dad, there on Friday night at the Valley is at twenty one, and just people can f- forget pretty quickly. V eight's twenty six dollars now. For a Caulfield Guineas. There was some terrific um, benchmark racing going on there on the weekend, Dino. And if I had to take one horse home, it would be Airman. Geez, I was impressed by his performance in that last race. And you boys um, found him strongly there on the week on, on Thursday with our weekend preview. Yeah, it was a tricky, uh, a little bit of a tricky meeting that round week, but it was nice to get the result in the last. And didn't he just drop on him from out wide? I think the pattern of the day, you want to be on the inside. Be a little bit forgiving of Kaboo. He pulled up one out of five lane, but the way that horse Airman just idled up to him and said, see you later with 200 metres to go. He's turned a foot fifth fastest last 200 entire meeting. And there's a lot better wins in store for him. I think Zach Lloyd said that post-race as well. But Gano, I think he's probably... I think he can make the progression to sort of group grade, but I think the key to him is keeping at either a Flemington or a Ramwick. Yeah, spot on, Dino. Flemington and Ramwick is Airman's go. It was ultra impressive. We did it with absolute ease. What a goes is a horse I want to follow as oh, well. Bakes, thought, our um, mate, what a goes our mate Bakes, impressive. who owns that horse. I think, um, of course, he joins us on winners there on a Saturday morning. He, he would have been a little bit heartbroken because he was, he was pretty confident. We, we put him in his place. That might be another another dinner. But, uh, yeah, Water Goes is definitely a horse to follow, Bakes. You're, you're cooking with gas there. What price? I don't know if the big dancers – can you get a price? Here we go. The big dance with Bet365, $9, Water Go. Wicklow, $9. Cepheus at $6. He could be a play there, Mickey G. Forgive me. He has qualified, has he? Yes, he has. He won the Merwilliba Cup. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, and, and been reasonably well back since. Yeah, spot on. I think that's that's where you're going to be backing uh, Water Goes. But it could even win next start. I think next two starts, what it goes is we'll be getting the job done. There was a couple of horses that we can follow out of that meeting at Sandown yesterday. Did you see the performance of Hedge Dino? Thousand meters. He was so impressive. And Mick Price, this is this is another lesson for us punters, all right? So Mick Price on Racing.com yesterday said, you know, I was stuffed around from bloodstock agents. There was a big offer on the table from Hong Kong. So we were starting, stopping um, regarding his preparation. We thought he was sold, so we backed off, and then the, the 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 deal fell through. And then we went to the race there. I think it's the McKenzie, um, and he got too keen, and like he was stopped starting with our preparation. He didn't have any rhythm, and that's why we thought he performed like that, and that's why we thought he raced like that. Then the deal went off. I got a little bit more work into him the way that I wanted to, and then he does that. I think he's a, there's a good race in that horse hedged. I think so too. I think he's a little bit a victim of his own success in the sense of he can do it um, a little bit too hard out in front and sort of hurt himself late. But he looked to put it all together for the first time in a race there uh, yesterday at Sandown. He absolutely lapped him. He put five or six lengths on him in the end. And his trials have always suggested he's been a good horse car. I, I potentially think he might be... That preparation, a horse in the autumn like him, a, a thousand to twelve hundred meters. I think he's right up to it. He's only one point seven lengths off V eight and Legacy's last start in the McKenzie. So if you, you factor in that and his improvement, uh, he's in gelding now too. So 
they're just going to turn him into a complete racehorse. But uh, yeah, he was outstanding there yesterday. And it was interesting. Like you're getting such a good price on hindsight from Hedge dropping back from this really good grade, the instructor dropping back from good grade. And they both just towed him up there yesterday. So I'm um, not exciting also the, the price and fence junior stadium. And I don't know if you saw our horse for Cheetah Sam with the blinkers on, Mickey, when it's sand down. I didn't, G, and I um, I was a little bit busy yesterday, but I had him marked as a horse I want to follow. And yeah, I woke up in the morning and I thought, nah, surely not. No. Just let it go, Mickey. Let yep. it go. And then, yeah, great. Get out. Right. Lobs, beautiful. Horses to follow from the weekend. Then we'll end on some text messages before we say goodbye. What it goes for me will be a horse to follow and airman, clearly not hard to find it. Yep. Mickey, that's Mickey G. So airman and what it goes, what about you, Dino? Yeah, out of the Valley Friday night, Verdad, uh, second behind Griff, I would uh, put my house on it that he will be a better horse than Griff um, over the next two or three starts. So keen to follow Verdad and Airman is an obvious one out of Ramwick. He's a of progression. The rest are really through their grand finals. So um, yep. a little bit hard of a week to, to follow horses. All right, then Romantic Warrior will just win the Cox Plate. Romantic Warrior Gareth will lead up Amelia's Jewel. Gareth, give it up on Amelia's Jewel. She can't win the Cox Plate when there's a horse like Romantic Warrior. I think I'm getting the message through loud and clear from all of my friends <laughs> there texting in. Gee, man, did you see that ace impact in the arc? Gee, what a horse. That thing would start a dollar forty in a Caulfield Cup. Uh, it would start a dollar two in a Caulfield Cup. It is some horse. Unbeaten. Um, this French galloper uh, blew them away in an Arc de Triomphe. Gee, the Stoden's a brilliant horseman, but Marzu may need a change of environment. A horse that could have more in him. That's from Steph from Seaford. I don't know about that, Steph. I think that they've done Didn't a really good run, job Steph. with him. Yeah. Um, he'll go to the trials, I think, tomorrow. Um, just fine. I agree with Mickey Gannon. That was his birthday in a Metrop. How can you expect him to be competitive in a Caulfield Cup at weight for age after he just got over Spirit Ridge? When you put it like that, that's Caulfield Cup's of, a handicap, isn't it? No, no. He said Cox Plate. Oh, sorry. Yeah, when you put it like that, um, he does need to improve a little bit, but he's still a great. Yeah, story. but sometimes, yeah. sometimes weight doesn't affect. Like he's a big, strong horse, and he's he's into his preparation. Like sometimes that weight can not really mean yeah. much to the horses as well. You just don't know how they handle it. And the last one, Gareth Aquas has a Y5-0. Um, yep, so get on a Y5-0 in, in an Everest. Um, I wonder if Singo purchased that slot of Aquas. That's interesting. Um, there's a lot to play out in the Everest. Looking forward to seeing what unfolds in the next couple of days. Hey, boys, a lot of fun. Geez, you've been on fire with the weekend preview. I don't know even – I wonder if Jacko's going to put me in the um, staking plan this week. I think – I think I would have saluted, did I? I think my place all up even got up. Do you recall nah, that? You, what happened, G, was there wasn't enough room on Jacko's text message, so he reduced your, he reduced your staking just to oh, three bets. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make – I'm like Huey Fitzpatrick. He okay. refuses to do it, so I'm going to make up my own type of um, – what do you call it? Um, graphic. Graphic, I love it. yeah, and I'll put it up myself, especially when I'm tipping winners for fun. Dean Lester, God bless you. Be so proud of me. He said, geez, I've taught you well. I'm only joking, folks. Hey, have a wonderful day, boys. Um, and I'll catch up with you. I'm about to catch up with you once again, Mickey Gannon, for your play of the day in New South Wales with, with Bag of Tips. But Dino, I'm a Brisbane Lions supporter as well. Um, I couldn't watch the game on the weekend. I was like watching the races and then watching the footy, but I had to turn the sand down and then I went for a walk around the block and then I was, watching, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very difficult to watch. And 
um, all the effort that you put into barracking for your team, because it becomes more than just a sport and it's just heartbreaking. And I couldn't imagine what you went through after thinking that you've won and then you lost the unlosable match. So yeah. Yeah. It's a tough to take, but um, I'm just glad we had good, good grand finals all around. I know it sucks for the Brisbane supporters, the Lions and the Broncos, but Hey, that's sport. Was an early crow there? Was there an early crow at all? Dino? None. I had a thousand mates message me saying, you're home, mate, game over. I had someone even I've never spoke to on Twitter inboxed me and said, hashtag game oh, over after all, Ezra went in through third. So, all, um... all, I was, all I was thinking <laughs> wow. about, you know how we've had sick beats before in life? i just yes. feeling for Matty Tripp and the team at Better because um, oh, yeah. that was... Oh, like, gee, you play with fire, you get burnt, son. Bet, but they thought that they've just pulled off one of the greatest ever marketing coups of all time after... The Bronx and like I was listening to the commentary and there were like Billy Slater and um uh, the team there were talking about dynasties, like how they're gonna beat this side for the next ten years. So when the um and then all of a sudden they just like it was it was hard to like it's really hard to fathom that you got beat anyway, Dino. And just quickly oh, a few text messages coming through. Peter Walsh did indicate maybe the Golden Eagle is the favourite now instead of the Cox plate. They were going to make, we had a chat to Walshy on Saturday morning on SEN track and he was indicating that the Cox plate, basically, he'll let the people decide. And then they've made a decision that they don't need to tell anyone or they don't need to make a decision regarding the Cox plate or the Eagle until they say, they see a romantic warrior, say on a Saturday in a Turnbull. So we don't know where she's going and they do change every day, which is, which is their prerogative because they can make a decision whenever they want. Um, yeah, but it's keeping everybody guessing at the moment. So who knows what she will do? Um, thanks boys. Thanks Mickey. Good thanks, fun. Dino. thanks, Gareth. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Dino. Let's get stuck into bag of tips. It's 9.15.